I'm Morgan Robbins, at Mori Mother on Twitter, designer for Level Up, Advanced 5th Edition, Mythic Odysseys of Theros, writer for Icewind Dale, Rime of the Frost Maiden, and you are listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris, Peter, and Jessica talk about what goes into making a million-dollar RPG Kickstarter. In the news, eight new licensed film settings for D20 Modern, a new Pathfinder audio adventure is coming soon, United Paizo workers visit the White House, new releases on the way for Shadowrun, and more! Plus, our favorite game in all the world and a brand new sketch about a group of monsters preparing for the heroes. This week on Morse's Unofficial Tabletop RPG Talk! Today's podcast isn't sponsored by anyone, because apparently I have a bad attitude. Me, a bad attitude. I'll tell you who has a bad attitude, all of you. But that won't be a problem after I complete my plan for worldwide domination. Now, where did I put my to-do list? All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ, and with me this week is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers, also of Homebrew and Hacking, because I wear two hats because my head is just that large. Also with us again for another consecutive week, it's the one, it's the only, it's... It's me, Jessica Hancock from EM Ooh. Publishing, who is, as always, very appreciative of the most excellent hype person there can be. Thank you, Peter. <laughs> Absolutely. Russ, you I, were asking, why don't I hype you up? It's because you always speak first. Peter told a bit of a porky pie. Ah, what, you're saying there's more than one chest Well, they said call. they had two hats. I had two hats. Well, they neglected to mention. Yes. Was it, it's because Peter has two heads. Oh, well, yeah, obviously. Yes. I thought everyone did. Well, yeah, I believe you claimed it was because your head was large. You neglected to mention that you have two of them. Oh, well, well, yes, yes. But obviously the second head doesn't generally wear a hat because it doesn't like it. Oh, If you ask any Etten, they'll tell you that two heads are better yeah. than one. Definitely. And in fairness, people might not know about that because they've only heard you on the podcast. But That's true. did you know? That, that yes. will change. It will change because next week what? on Friday the 13th of May, we are recording this live. We're doing it as a live stream. So, Russ, when you just said, oh, Daryl, edit this bit out, we won't be able to do that anymore because people will see the uncorded mess that this is, and you can join us at 8pm BST next ah, Friday the 13th. How? And that's, oh, I should probably tell you where to go. So it's twitch.tv forward slash EN publishing. Yes, next week, Friday the 13th. Yay! Yeah, I've done the plug. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a day guaranteed. It's the most auspicious date, is what Nothing can possibly go wrong. We, we probably will give you some free stuff if you come along, so to bribe you to be there. So mm. come along on the day and we'll let you we know what sort of giveaways we're doing. And I, I may <laughs> even deign to wear a shirt and uh, comb my hair. That'd be great. What a day. <laughs> what a day. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> oh, oh, poor ass. <laughs> anyway, we have got an awfully cheerful question this week. Woohoo. Really? Oh, Exciting. I mean, of course we do. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So this awfully cheerful question is from Sean from just outside Washington, D.C., USA. Hey, Sean. Hey, Sean. And yes. Sean's question is as follows. Yes. Mm-hmm. Physical books are wonderful. Yes. 
True. I'm not disagreeing with that. But my digital RPG library dwarfs my hard copies with thousands of files and many gigs of content. I'm rethinking modern ways to store and access them. So how do you organize your digital RPG materials on your computers or cloud storage? More specifically, it's a long and detailed question this. Do you use traditional folder in folders? And if so, how do you organize them? And or do you use things like meta tags, databases, or other <coughs> file management tools? Thanks and keep up the great work, everyone. Looking forward to the 200th episode live show. Ooh. And do you want to do you want to hear the Peter compliment at the end? Always. <laughs> so we got two PSs on this. We've got a PS okay. which says, okay. when it comes to playing everyone's favorite game, can there be more inclusion of games from other crowdfunding sites such as Indiegogo or GameFound? Yeah. Um, okay. Egg, the, who writes the column. And excellent job which, too. Which we base it on. Does yeah. does use Indiegogo and GameFound. Yeah. What I tend to do is just pick the most interesting looking names. Yeah. I, I don't really look where they come from. Some, but by I, interesting, and it tends to be. You mean the hardest. The ones that are most interesting for the game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, it tends to end up being Kickstarter just because that's where yes. most of them are. Uh, well, mm-hmm. I, we, we definitely do include Indiegogo and GameFound on yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, maybe just next time we'll say what platform it's on. We'll see if we can um, remember to do that. Yeah. Wow. And the Peter compliment. Oh. I love Peter's infectious enthusiasm at the beginning of each show and how they've adopted a sports broadcaster intro for Jessica. I love that too. <laughs> Sean sounds great. I hope they're at the live stream next week so we can have a chat with them because they sound groovy. Anyway, 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 let us address this question. Oh my so, gosh. I, I have a confession to make. Same. When Sean asks, how do you organise your digital RPG materials? The answer is... Mm-hmm. I don't. Oh. <laughs> oh my goodness! I was just gonna say because I, I am, I am a very wow. uptight and organised person. I think that's wow. why okay. Russ, Russ hired me. Um, so I like, you know, because like cause stuff for the business, I organise stuff with that, mm. and even at home, like I don't know if anyone's familiar with Marie Kondo, but my home is organised by that. Like in in my clothes, they're all folded that way. Does um, it spark joy? Absolutely, it sparks joy for me. Uh, yeah. In my fridge, everything's in those plastic containers. Everything's labelled. That is very very tidy. And it's neat. very organised. However, my digital collection is a mess and it's a source of great shame there's stuff all over the place like i have some stuff on my drive through rpg account and that's pretty easy because mm. it's it's just kind of there and that's sorted for you but when i download stuff i i just lose it and with uh, the em publishing stuff i download stuff because i use the games and stuff i download it somewhere lose it and then i just go back onto the company main p cloud but they're stored and download another one when i can't find it so there's <laughs> probably i am like that so <laughs> and much like and that. it's just terrible and it's to the point the other day because i have a digital character sheet for uh, my warhammer fantasy game and i d- lost that completely uh, in the middle of leveling leveling up and i still have to refind it and making what, a warhammer fantasy sort of character is a whole player? thing would lose their character sheet. I Russ. know. <laughs> Russ. Yeah, I did exactly the same. So, <laughs> it sounds like... I, did, I, yeah. I, cl- I cleaned up my desktop. That's what I did. And then decided to empty my recycling bin and, in the process, mm. completely obliterated my Citizen Night D&D character. <laughs> yeah, I did that as well. It's a hell of a way to kill off a character, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, cut off a character, but, you said. So, we've established that to answer <laughs> yeah. this question, Sean, Russ and I have no system 
we need help. Peter, can you be our saving grace? And please tell me you, you have a system, this? Peter, please. Otherwise, yeah. this question is going to be a complete disaster. Yes, I have a system. Yeah. <laughs> I was feeling embarrassed because I don't use a database or meta tags. So I'm not really that excited. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty old-fashioned. I go with a basis of remembering where I put things. But this apparently <laughs> puts me many many miles above yeah. the standard we've got here so yeah um, the bar is low yeah yeah uh i tend to keep a lot of my stuff on dropbox because that's a, mm-hmm. a a relic of my days when i spent a lot more time working on different computers i wanted to be able to access my notes it all goes in the file tabletop uh there are various sort of role-playing game type things that i get involved with but so and then it goes into what the the core underlying system is like. Is it Five Torches Deep, Thirteenth Age, Barbarians of the Apocalypse, uh, Cthulhu-like stuff, which <laughs> is basically the basic role-playing system, but that's how I remember it. Mm-hmm. And then within that, it's subdivided. So I've got uh, a Dungeons & Dragons folder, which has a um official content stuff of the various things i'll be able to pick up obviously just confined to the elemental evil players companion which you can download as a free pdf and absolutely nothing else because that would be wrong and i've also got a third party stuff where i keep the various other pdfs like esper genesis for example is a well-used folder and things from cobalt press uh, and of course i have an advanced fifth edition uh, a folder as well, which uh, I must say is getting a lot more of a workout. So, so, so your answer to the question is option A, traditional folder in folders. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and compared to us, seems, <laughs> yeah, like the best thing in the yeah. world. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I do want to sit down and organise it at some point, but... Well, the thing is, my computer does have a search function, so I can usually find that's, something if it's on there somewhere. I fall down yeah. at that point. As long as it's named correctly. That's no, Yeah, I, that's I'm, also my issue. I'm just going to say this basically boils down to is you can tell who's GMing on this podcast and who isn't <laughs> because like, <laughs> Jessica doesn't GM. Russ, right. I, I think you've done a couple of games in the past couple of years, but I well, I've GMed millions of games, years, but I've still always not had it, in the a past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, okay. not during oh, COVID, I haven't because uh, I don't like doing it online because you I don't know where any of the files are. You GM in person, you can have the book with you, and then you yeah, know where that exactly. is. Exactly. I do. I do like a book. I have a stack of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten RPG books on my desk right here. No. So if mm. I, oh, yeah. I'm not going to show you because it's not live streamed. We but, believe you. Yeah, <laughs> and we know, and we know what a file of books looks like. Yeah, yeah. Well, not this file of books. They're the Level Up Collector's Edition ones. So I don't, Ooh. don't think you know. I actually, I think I do know what the Collector's I Edition looks like. <laughs> So yeah, uh, your, flex, your flex is generally quite good, but not in this company. Uh, but yeah, no, um, yeah, it's like because uh, I've run lots of different game systems as well, not just D and D, but yeah, like basically, I'm always been trying to experiment and find stuff that I like playing with. Um, mm. I've had a lot. I mean, let's not forget what's old is new. My in part, my quest for the generic role playing system, so I could tell whatever stories I wanted to have. Yeah. To. So talking of what's old is new. Oh, oh, thank you, by the way, Sean, from just outside Washington, D.C., USA. We'll be sending you a copy of Awfully Cheerful Engine Number 1. And if anybody else wants nice. a copy of that, all they need to do is send us an Awfully Cheerful question, which could be any tabletop RPG-related question. Yes. If we choose your question and deal with it on the show, you'll get sent a copy of Awfully Cheerful Engine Number 1 in soft cover format. And to do that, either 
Tag us on Twitter with hashtag awfully cheerful question or send an email to morrispodcast at gmail.com. All good. Let's move on. What I got a letter this week. <laughs> Are we talking about that? Did you okay. get a letter from the other day? I'm not going uh, to say who. He has to what he had to say. I, 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 I got this uh, piece of mail which came through the door yeah. and it said uh, sent from uh, a United States correctional facility on it. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is a letter. A, I'm going to show you it here. You can't read no, it. No, you can't read well, it. Is it, it's, is it no, from it's, the it's, arch nemesis? It's, 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 it's handwritten in pe- uh, pencil and it's three A4 sides. Okay. Um, from an inmate... I'm not oh, going to yeah. say who or yeah. give any information about the inmate in particular, <laughs> but they wrote talking about how much they'd just gotten hold of a copy of What's All These New. Ah, amazing. Love the system. Yeah. Um, are playing it in prison. Nice. They have to use cards instead of dice because apparently mm. dice aren't allowed because of their association with gambling. Mm-hmm. So they have to sort of make D6 decks yeah, with cards. Yeah. Um, so it was, yeah, it was a nice letter talking about how, how they did that. And also, um, with a quite a fairly long list of suggested errata for the game as well, ah. which I thought was fun. Oh, right. uh, uh, that's, that's kind of <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's not something that happens every day. So no. I thought I'd just mention it. Yeah. I think um, a lot of correctional facilities do use tabletop RPGs because you can use tabletop RPGs as kind of like a form of therapy sometimes if, if mm. used in that mm. way. So I think, you know, and I guess if you're inside with a lot of people, probably is quite a good way to pass the time. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Um, promotional, it's like an excellent way to do things like explore your emotions, mm-hmm. uh, promote uh, team team playing and negotiation and working with other people. Like, you know, there's so this a lot, means, lot of things about using your words. Which this is means I am officially doing something good in the world and I feel happy about this. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, I won't, I won't take that feeling away from you. That's fine. Um, it's interesting that they can't use dice because it's related to gambling, but they are allowed to have cards because cards Which also are famously used... not related to gambling. Yeah, because like poker. in but the history I... of ever, nobody has ever used cards to gamble. Look, can, I can, can, you I can assure of... you of that fact. Can you pair of knocks? Quit it. All right. <laughs> no, I wasn't saying take the cards. I was saying let them have dice. Uh, I was more going. I was more right, going that down, way. Calm down, but, Mary Antoinette. Um, yeah. <laughs> the people have no cards, mate. Let them use dice. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I don't know a huge amount about uh, U.S. correctional facilities. I don't. What know. I do know is a great. But anyway, it's not great. No, we're not here to talk about it today. We're here to talk oh. about tabletop RPG news. Yeah. Do which you, I have have stu- you have stuff and things? Great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stuff so and things. This, this mm. is this is quite an interesting one. So, yeah. okay. um, Evil Genius Games, they yeah. announced D20, their D20 Modern reboot mm-hmm. oh, yeah, a few weeks ago, Everyday mm-hmm. Heroes. We talked about it on the show at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's coming to Kickstarter on May the 17th. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the news. We already knew that. The no. news no. is that they just announced a whole bunch of licensed settings yeah. that will be going along with that Kickstarter. And I had to record And when this. I say a bunch... I had, to record, I, mean yeah, I had to record this for this week in tabletop and I yeah. had to take several runs at it because there's a lot there. So I have wow. practice if you'd like me to... Go on then. To, speed okay. run. Speed okay, run. Okay, so through the, through the do run. a speed run. No, it's... Uh, so oh, we just, have uh, just normal speed. Rambo, Pacific Rim, Highlander, Kong, Skull Island, The Crow, Universal Soldier, Escape from New York and Total Recall. I know. Wow. 
That's a, lot of, that's a lot of settings. <laughs> it really is. Uh, so is that, is that like nine, I just said? I'm kind of wondering whether they came too. in some call, some sort of package deal or something. Yeah, that's nine. Buy one Pacific yeah. Rim, get a universal shoulder free. I yeah. wonder if um, Total Recall will do extra well because of Blade Runner. I know they're not the same setting, but they very much feel in that kind of genre of film and, you know, they're kind of... Mm. So yeah, yeah, I wonder maybe. if that because that was what Total Recall is is what made me go oh that was the setting that grabbed me the most out of that list. Mm. Mm. Yeah, well, this is yeah. So each of these settings is kind of what it's like an adventure slash setting. So it's mm. not like a big hardcover setting book. Oh no, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you take if you take something like Rambo, it'd be quite hard to write three hundred pages because basically it's set in the real world, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So uh, and um, a couple of the others are as well. But what they are is adventures with what new what extra rules you need. So it's basically exactly the way we kind of did it with the awfully cheerful engine. Each of each of them's an adventure oh, yeah. with what extra material you need. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So in this case, it will be sort of classes and a few extra monsters or NPCs and Ooh. yeah, things like that. So each one has its own class. Yeah, which is interesting. So for Pacific Rim, mm-hmm. the class is twins. Ah, uh, okay. Huh. Yeah. Kong Skull on oh, All right, let's see. Monster. Jess, I know you, you, you've read this, so yes. you, you I have know what the cards are. Maybe you should take the lead on this article. I, I, know, I was wondering if Peter could guess them. Could be fun. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, well, probably not, to be fair. But, yeah, but, okay. I mean, yeah, why not? Go on then. <laughs> right, Kong Skull Island. Mm, the soldier. Monster Hunter. Close enough. Okay. Highlander. Uh, Highlander? <laughs> Immortal? Yeah, immortal. Yeah, exactly <laughs> that, yeah. The Crow. Well, well I, I don't know how you're supposed to play that game, because they can be only one. But sure. Um, how about Revenant? Uh, yeah, The Possessed. Revenant, yeah. yeah, basically. Escape from New York. Um, like, crazed outlaw with an eye patch, Snake Pliskin. Yeah. Um, Street <laughs> Warrior, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it is easier than, than we thought. Uh, Total Recall. Hard to say. Um, Jute yeah. Secret Agent. Yeah, amnesiac Secret Agent. There you go. <laughs> no, this one's Mutants. That one was mutants. a bit more difficult to... Huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Universal Soldier. Time Travelling Soldier? Cyborg? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cyborg. cyborg. Exactly, Cyborg. <laughs> and finally, Rambo. Psychologically traumatised veteran. Yes, Gurilla. But yes. Okay. Yeah. Shoo. May the 17th. Coming to Kickstarter. Interesting. Right. See how that one does. Yeah. Yeah. I I haven't got a feel of how that's going to do at all. I've got no sense. Like Blade (laughs) One, I was thinking that's going to do a million, and it has. (laughs) This one, I don't know. I just do not not know. I think lots of people have, um, like, followed it to be notified. So it's got, like, 2,000 followers. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I, I tend to... Think, I mean, this is more sort of content later in the show, but you need about six thousand for the million. Mm. Mm. But we'll come back to that. Yeah, yeah, they've got some time. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. also in the news this week. Uh, so, yes. Oh yes, uh, I had some news. Yes, I'm very pleased to announce the launch of my Kickstarter on Tuesday tenth. Yeah. Is that this coming Tuesday? It is this coming Tuesday. Is this coming Tuesday? Crafting personalised feats. I, I, I mean, I doubt that this point-based trait-buying 
uh, way to craft personalized feats, which is aimed at GMs and perhaps simply players mm-hmm. who wish to have their own personalized feats and um, take it to the GMs and say, pretty please, can we keep it? Can we keep it? Is going to do that well. But that's because obviously it's like quite limited in where I'm aiming it, as opposed to can we keep it? Can we keep it by Jess Hancock, which is doing well, you say somewhat by better. me. I didn't, I didn't write it or do any of the no. art. I just like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, I just managed the Kickstarter. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I don't recall previous Kickstarters doing quite this. Forty, is it hit forty-two thousand? While I've been talking to you, uh, in pound, Great British pounds, it's in the thirties. Yeah, it's like almost forty-one thousand US dollars, including, yeah. of course, uh, backed by yours truly. Because I'm like, oh, actually, yes, this is this is exactly what I need. I do need rules for players who insist on trying to make everything pets. Including tools. I think it's quite a universal theme, and I think because yes. it's also compatible with Level Up, we had mm. really great support for the Level Up campaign last year, and mm-hmm. so I think a lot of people were introduced to EM publishing via Level Up, and so they've seen this project and gone, excellent, more of yeah. that, please. And so I yeah. think there's quite a nice combination of that. And uh, also, okay. we joined TikTok this year, um, yeah. and we've had a few people from there back. So. Mm. Um, I think the social media presence has been pretty amazing. Uh, Because I saw saw the other day, there's like you, there's the dogs, and you're saying, yes, bye, love that. I'm like, huh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's that's Both uh, my dog Django and Russ's dog Hudson have been involved in marketing of Can We Keep It Pets for Your 5e Game. Um, I have, in fact, promoted Django to head of marketing. And Hudson (laughs) is now head of quality control. Because uh, he's nice. very good at testing yes, the strength book, of books. That book tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how quickly can I destroy this? So he's head Look, of quality control at EM Publishing. We all know how important flavour is in role-playing games. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I laughed Sorry. too much at that. Sorry, that didn't yeah. deserve. Uh, that. But yeah, no. But uh, can we keep it? Pets for your five E game is still going, and it ends yes. on Monday the night. Yes, because uh, yeah. we didn't want to step on your campaign's toes, Peter. So that's well, why we're chasing everybody. Uh, so you can start on the tenth. Uh, but yeah. So and as usual, because it's one of our quick starters, as soon as it ends, we will send you the PDF copy, so you can have that and relish in, in the joy of that and then when you give us your address we can then send it to you once uh, we get your money because that's how mm-hmm. um it works on kickstarter and they did call us in general so yes times. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so that's so that's all kind of coming together as well hey, so you know united paizo workers yes yes the union at paizo yeah. yes guess where they went this week um, starbucks to the white <laughs> house to meet u.s nice. president joe biden Nice. Vice President Kamala Harris and Secretary of Labour Marty Walsh. Yeah. Mm. So this week in the, the White House Oval Office, the words said there, the words Paizo, Pathfinder, Starfinder and Dice were all said in the Oval Office. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the last time, but they were said. By the President or? Um, well, by somebody, sure. That is not confirmed. <laughs> I mean, little known fact about Bill Clinton. In addition to playing the saxophone, he ran an excellent game of D&D. True story. Really? No. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I fully believed you then. I was like, wow, that's so great. Especially for when he was president, because that, it wasn't as mainstream then. Maybe maybe Joe Biden does play RPGs with all the free time he has. Yeah. Because uh, it's been quite calm in America politically recently, so oh, I'm sure yeah, yeah. he's not Super got a lot yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think we need to talk about that. That's fair. But um, it wasn't just Paizo that were there. Also, t- 
Titmouse Productions or Titmus Productions. I don't know how you say that. Titmus Productions? Okay. Anyway, the, but they're the animation studio who worked on the Critical Role Legends of Vox Mana, Vac, Legend of Vox Machina series. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. So they were there as well, uh, along actually with Starbucks um, and also Amazon Labor Union. So mm. talking about union stuff and things. Yeah. So uh, Star Trek Adventures has some new books. Oh, yeah. So. So these are players, the Star Trek Adventures Players Guide and the Star Trek Adventures Game Masters Guide. Oh, yeah, so. And these are digest-sized. Yeah. They've got, like, a faux leather cover. Okay. Uh, the Players Guide is advice on making a character. It discusses yeah. roles and archetypes in Star Trek. Um, advice on working as a team. Nice. That sort of thing. The Game Masters Guide... Same sort of advice, but from the other side of the screen, safety tools and session zeros. Nice. Essential viewing to get up to speed. Discussions mm. of campaigns other than the standard Starfleet mm. type of campaign. Okay. And some alternate character creation rules. Oh. There we go. Exciting. There's also like discussions of technology in Star Trek. So these are guides to running the game or playing the yeah. game. They're, yeah. not, they're not so much rule books themselves. Mm-hmm. They do look pretty cool. Yeah. That line has is, is constantly got new stuff coming out. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I imagine, I imagine it's a very lucrative line for Modigus. It's really well. Well, we had um, Jim Johnson on an episode of Not D and D where we talked about it in in detail um, mm-hmm. a few weeks back, uh, which was really interesting. But my friends love it as well. They love Star Trek Adventures, so mm-hmm. they're running a game of that soon. So, and if you're a big Star Trek fan, it's made very lovingly, um, you know, from that yes. series. So yeah. Good product. Yeah. Right then, what else have we got in the news? More Paizo nudes, as well as going to the White House. Uh, they announced that they got a new audio adventure for Pathfinder, which Ooh. will be coming to mobile devices later this year. Mobile devices? Yes. Ooh, so tell me more. Uh, I can't, because there's not a lot more information. <laughs> um, but, um, so, it we think it's going to be some sort of app or something. Oh, it's an audio adventure, I see. Yes, it's an audio adventure. Because um, they did a, um, a Starfinder audio adventure, mm. Wonderworld, who are producing it, did a Starfinder audio adventure previously. So I'd imagine it'll be something like oh, that. Is that the wonder, Peter, you and I tried on the podcast once? Um, Do you remember that? Using an, Alexa. A, yeah, use Alexa yeah. devices. That's the one. Yeah. 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 So something about like, those same people are making this. Mm. But they're saying it will work on iOS, Android, Google Assistant, as well as Alexa. Um, but yeah, and the name of the setting is Shardfall, which you should not mispronounce when you're recording a podcast telling people the news about it. But uh, yeah, so that that was announced. Uh, so we don't have the full details, but they're going. It's, it's expected to come out this summer, 2022. So mm. hopefully, we'll get some more details on what exactly that is. Um, but yeah. Mm. I wonder if there's any Shadowrun news, okay. and if there yes. was any Shadowrun yes. news, where might I find such a thing? Mm. On enworld.org. Yes, probably in a column written by Daryl, I would imagine. Yeah. Yes. It does seem likely that this would be relevant to his, and therefore our, interests. Yes, yes. Daryl being our main conduit into the world of Shadowrun. Yes. yes. Uh, so Catalyst Game Labs have announced... They seem to announce new Shadowrun products every week, as far as I can make out. There's there's like a, a line that has a lot of material. Yeah. There's a lot of shadows to run. Mm. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a, a new source book yeah. uh, called The Shadowrun Sixth World Companion, 
Mm-hmm. And it's got new character creation options, new qualities, meta types, optional rules, and more. Nice. Uh, there's also a book called Shadow Cast, mm-hmm. which is a collection of pre-generated characters. Ah. And there's also Rogue's Lineup, which is a deck of character cards for NPCs. So that sounds quite useful. The idea is that if you just get a random NPC, you can just pull a card out and you've got all the details and stats there. Yeah. So instead of yeah. someone going, what's the bartender's name? And you go, ah, it's Dave. Or something mm. that you constantly refer to. You can yeah. use them. Yeah. Bartending gym. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Does anyone, does anyone know what the mask and other health recommendations at the game at Gamma, the Origins Games Fair, are this year? Mm, I am aware of them saying that you don't have to wear masks. Yes, they've yeah. rescinded their mask mandate. Um, they are saying it's highly recommended but not mandatory. I think that's pretty much the same as UK Games Expo, which we're going to. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I think we'll probably find that's the general case when it comes to conventions now. They're not insisting on masks, but they are recommending them. Um, The problem with this is they announced it only three days before the deadline to request refunds. Yep. And so there was some backlash on that because people said, like, well, therefore I don't want to go. And they they didn't spot it in the three day window between it being announced and then then needing to get their refund i mean i don't know if people know but it's not exactly a much of a secret i'd call it very much an open secret that a lot of people who are into tabletop role-playing games also have some form of condition that would make them more vulnerable to catching covid like um with physical disability uh, or, or all sorts of things autoimmune diseases yep. there's, a, there's a lot of there's a lot of it out there, and mm. like I know a lot of people who have what they call invisible disabilities. Like, yeah. you look at them, they think, you're all right. But actually, it turns out, no, I'm just managing with a condition, and this whole COVID mm. thing is it's a problem. Mm. Yeah. They also, yeah. it was also announced after they'd kind of put the deadline for vendors as well, the cancellation mm. window mm. for them. But in fairness, they did extend it. So they've okay. extended that. So they've, so that does allow vendors that if, for those reasons you just said, Peter, they're like, oh, I don't, I don't really want to attend uh, if there's not mass mandates. So how, how do you feel about going to a convention, being at a, an event like that without any kind of sort of mandatory sort of health concessions towards COVID? Makes me pretty nervous, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, same. I have not been to a big event. The UK Games Expo that we're going to is the first big event I've been to in two years. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I was at, I was in New York at the New York Toy Fair in March 2020 when it was all kicking mm. off, which was a weird time because everyone didn't really know what we should or shouldn't do, and some people were like, "Oh, it's fine, it's it's just a cold, it's not a thing," and other people would take it. so it was very weird. And then I've had mm. nothing, and because luckily I work from home, and work remotely, I've just been in my mm. house for two years for my dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. It and it feels weird. I went to uh, not um, well this weekend. I'm going to. It's not really a convention. It's my friends called PatCon, and there's 15 of us that are friends that meet up in a house to play games together. And even mm-hmm. that feels a bit strange because it's like, should we be should we be mm-hmm. doing this? And it's perfectly mm-hmm. legal where we are in the UK. As, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it's strange, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we're going to be at UK Games Expo. We're going to be on a stand so we're going to interact with mm. a lot of people yeah so yeah i do i do feel slightly uncomfortable I, you know i'm gonna go and i'm gonna do it but i, I do feel uncomfortable about it yeah because it's 
Mm-hmm. It's for me. It's not just if if I get ill from COVID, obviously, which wouldn't be great. But my my worry is I always pass it on to somebody unknowingly, and then they they mm-hmm. get really ill from it. Like my dad yeah. is. Um, mm-hmm. My dad has an autoimmune disease. He's on immune suppressing drugs. And he's also right. got asthma as well. So he's just like every, he's like playing bingo with all the conditions to make COVID bad. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it's, so I'm not, I'm not going to see him for a while after going to the UK Games Expo. So it's, I yeah, think you have to think yeah, about it like that. Safe, yeah. And yeah, I've taken yeah. a, I'm going to take a few days off after the UK Games Expo, just in case I don't feel well. I've kind of, I've kind of scheduled my time to be sick, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> yeah. Well, fingers crossed. Fingers, fingers crossed, crossed it won't happen. But I think it is strange with conventions and I think it's, in fairness, it's really hard for people running conventions because if the country you're in doesn't have rules for it, it's kind of difficult to enforce, you know, rules for your event because the public, there's been a lot of backlash because, you know, we've all seen people that have, you know, protested against wearing masks and various COVID things. So Mm. I think, you know, if you're running an event, it's like, well, if we choose to make a mandate on this, what, what support do we have? to back that up and things it's tricky yeah. so yeah. yeah yeah i think the biggest gathering i've been in in the last two now i've been to the cinema twice in the last mm. two years so i guess that's probably the biggest mm. i would have thought but in both of those cases it wasn't a packed cinema yeah. um other than that i'm talking like a handful of people sort of like five or six at most i think probably mm-hmm. well, yeah, yeah you were around my house last weekend when we played star wars imperial assault there was, yeah, that was five of us there. Five? five, yes. Five, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, this is going to be a big change for me. Mm. Oh, well. What can I do? Yeah. Well, we'll just, just have to trust to uh, vaccinations, uh, masks, try not to catch it, and hope we make it through. Yes, and don't stand too close to people. Yeah, no yeah. hugs or handshakes uh, at the UK, yeah. uh, the EM publishing stand will be taking place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I should point out that whilst my name is Peter Coffey, it is spelt differently. Yes. I thought I more like the drink. Indeed. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's that. And also, we're going to be issuing ten foot poles to all staff members. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, extendable, obviously, because we're yeah. proper dungeoneers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. In other games uh, news, though, we had Gen Con. Um, they do usually they do pop up Gen Con events. Mm-hmm. Um, and that stopped during COVID. And basically what that is, is they try, it's like a retail initiative to try and bring Gen Con to local gaming stores. So if you can't travel to Gen Con, you have like a mini Gen Con experience at your local gaming store, which is a nice oh, idea. Yeah. Um, but it's been put on hiatus in 2020 because of COVID and they haven't been, it. well, they're not doing it this year, but they're planning to bring it back next year. So I think they're in the same mind that we are. They're kind of like, oh, it's kind of tricky to do that. Um, but they're planning to kind of revamp the program for 2023. Right. Nice. Okay. Hey, I released a game this week. Did you? What did yeah. you release? If you go to lifepathrpg.com, All right. you will see the game that I made and released this week. Lifepathrpg.com. Lifepathrpg.com. It is a free... Yes. One-page tabletop role-playing game by Boris. Yes. Apparently yeah. everything I need to on this page. Yeah. Is that inspired by our one-page oh. RPG topic we did a few weeks back? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah. So this this is kind of like um, it's a life path system. So you choose your uh, you choose a trait, mm-hmm. you choose your ancestry, and mm-hmm. you choose a career, and those three combine to give you your stats. Oh, and okay. then you get a couple of special abilities, and that's basically it. That's your character. Uh, good, good. I see you fixed the uh, innately magical loophole. 
that's that's always a strong choice. What was the innately magical loophole? Uh, you po- you posted this on Twitter. Uh, magic did not magic started at one, so it was slightly magical. Right. Yeah, okay, yeah, uh, which, which is fine, but um, I thought it was amusing. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Just go to lifepathrpg.com. Totally free to play. There's a character sheet you can download. It's form fillable as well. I did that this morning and uploaded it, so you can fill in the form for your character. Yeah. And it's great for just like pick up, play one shots, just on the fly kind of gaming. Yeah, I've got all the uh, traditional D and D classes: the acrobat, the berserker, the burglar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, slightly, slightly inspired by the eighties cartoon, perhaps. Maybe a little. I don't know. Oh. Yeah, possibly. Why yeah, not? I don't. I couldn't. I couldn't say. Just like inspired by all of the things that have been in my head over <laughs> the last few weeks, That's all a kind lot. of mashed together and not necessarily crystallised into Ooh. individual, you know, yeah, yeah. colours or anything. Oh yes, yes. Okay. Oh, this this is a long page, but I'm getting to the bottom. Okay. Yeah, spells. Traps, treasure, leveling up. It's a fully complete RPG. Yes, it's a fully complete RPG. All on one page. You've got, even, got a, even got a bestry in there as well. A tiny little bestry, yes. Yeah. Teeny, yeah. teeny, teeny one. That's right. Yeah. Right. Are well, we done with the news? I have an important question about this game, Russ. Mm. Yes. Can you keep pets? You can. There's a monster on there in the bestry called a beastie. And the beastie is all manner of sort of small and medium animals. Like a guinea pig. So, yes. Except for guinea pigs. <laughs> I haven't noted. I haven't oh. added that note in yet. This <laughs> GPophobia will not stand. <laughs> but yes, there's beastie in there, which is just basically small and medium animals like dogs and yeah. cats and guinea pigs. Stuff. Capybaras. Yeah. Which you think about are basically just very, very large guinea pigs. Yeah. So... Anyway, are we done with the news? Was there any I've missed? Um, it was quite a short news week. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, just got a message from the Dark Overlord. Apparently, there's a group of adventurers on their way. No, no, not another one. What's a poor goblin to do when we keep getting murdered by wandering so-called heroes every time there's a nice bit of weather? Did you hear about that little lizard folk commune over in the gargling swamp? Slain, every last one of them, during tea time no less. Really, something should be done about it. Like what, my cobalt friend? Will you try putting up defences, pit traps, arrow traps, boiling oil traps? None of it makes any difference. They always find their way through, even that piranha lake we built. Yeah, you knew they could just walk on water. Bloody cheating, that's what I call it. Well, then we need to bring in some help. Anybody know any random monsters looking for work? Oh, try that. Remember the cave troll last month? Lasted about, ooh, three seconds against that divine paladin of light. Blinking paladins. Oh, smite this and smite that. All done at 82 in plate armour. Like mobile murder cans they are. <laughs> you ever tried reasoning with a paladin? It's him. Possible. No, don't I know it. They'll smite you before you can get a word out. Public menace, that's what it is. Downright antisocial. Well, if a cave troll didn't do the trick, have we considered anything a bit beefier? What? Beefier than a cave troll? Uh, Maybe a little dragon or something. No, 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 no. You let out even the hint of a dragon and you'll get swamped by knights anxious to prove their mettle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, ga- a dragon is far too glamorous. Hmm. 
What about a bear owl? A what now? You know, a bear owl. Half bear, half owl. Uh, we're looking for a real monster. Bear owls indeed. They are real, I tell you. Oh, yeah. Do you know any bear owls? Um, no. Look, look, we tried everything. Traps, monsters, diplomacy. Outreach programs, leaflet campaigns, disguises. Strongly worded letters of complaint. We've tried information, misinformation, disinformation. Nothing works. You know, I blame the writers. Oh, what do you mean, the writers? Have you seen the book they use to describe us? What, the Monster Manual? Exactly. If you call it the Monster Manual, what chance do we have? Oh, I see what you mean. Monsters indeed. Do they have paladins in the Monster Manual? Ha! Of course not. Despite paladins being the most monstrous of them all. Oh, downright slander, that's what I call it. I call it a vicious and coordinated smear campaign designed to discredit and vilify us in order to justify an ongoing pattern of oppressive and murderous behaviour. Well, the solution presents itself, then. Uh, it does? It does! We need to sue the writers. Monsters, monsters. They ain't seen nothing yet. Just wait till they meet the lawyers. <laughs> it's time to play our favourite game. It's time to play the game. Our favourite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name. It's time for... Our favourite game in all the world, the game, well, I read out the name of a Kickstarter. Yeah. You try and guess what it is from just the name. And since we missed it last week, it's doubly important that we do it this exactly, week. Exactly, yes. And I think we yeah. all so sorely missed it last week. Um, yeah. I, I felt tell. the absence in our lives. I can tell. Mm. Yeah. It was the way you were texting me on the hour all through the night telling me how sad you felt mm-hmm. about not having played our favourite game in the world. Yeah, on Discord. Yearning. Yeah, I just couldn't yeah. sleep, so I had to share my feelings with someone about it. It's a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. But but you'll be glad to know this week we are playing a game Thank and you'll be fine. goodness. So who would like to go first? Obviously it has to be me because I'm just so excited about it. Okay. I can tell. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so animated. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> All right, Jess, are you ready? <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Oh, I'm so bad at this game. Though. But yes, please carry on. Okay. Is, is so one of them going to be Can We Keep It? <laughs> <laughs> it is actually on the list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what is Seas of Kansas? Seas of Kansas? I don't know geography that well, but I don't know if Kansas has sea. Kansas is in an America. Yeah. I thought it Thanks was a landlocked state, but hmm. I don't actually know that much about it. So maybe I'm going to decide it is. And right now, Americans are screaming at me going, no, you foolish British person. How do you know? And I'll be like, be quiet. You didn't even know Wales had its own language. Um, so I'm going to decide. Uh, this is um, obviously a setting somewhat aquatic and nautical. And maybe it's set in the future because like, climate change has made the sea levels rise so that there is uh, oceans in Kansas. Um and you are like surviving and almost like a water world sort of situation. There's a retro film. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. And it is um, Powered by the Apocalypse. You're right on everything except the Powered by the Apocalypse. Oh my goodness! Oh wow! Amazing. What is it? Is it? Exactly What's the system? Um, I think it might be its own system. Let's have a look. Oh, I'm double check. 
system is, yeah, an original system. Ooh. Was I right about Kansas? Oh, it? no, it says an original system there. Then it says it uses the Time Shredders rule set. Oh. I don't know what that is, but it's a card-based rule set, apparently. That sounds interesting. Um, but anyway, yeah, so floods. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it's based on works by author Brandon G. Osorio. Oh, okay. I, I'm not okay. familiar. Let me just give them a good girl. So mm-hmm. Kansas is flooded. Uh, the game has different factions that have begun carving up the flooded region. i, I got to say, if Kansas has flooded, that that is a fairly serious problem. It is yes. landlocked, isn't it? That's not it, just me it, being it, foolish. I mean, it's not just landlocked. It's it, it's super landlocked. It's right in the middle of America. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I felt underconfident. If, if, well, if that, else that, makes it, that obviously makes it even more serious. Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, yeah. So it's a brand new cinematic tabletop RPG uh, experience. Easy, fast, easy to play, fast to learn, and rewards mastery. Mm. Be the hero of the inland seas. Hmm. I suppose maybe if it flooded or something, because it's quite flat. Yeah, maybe yeah, in the rivers, you know, the yeah. banks float in. I, or something. I yeah. don't know enough about geography to comment. Maybe someone just left the, let the bath over one for a really long time. Imagine that water bill. Utility costs yeah. are rising as well. Covered yeah. the entirety of Kansas. Anyway, before you ask, Peter, it is $10 for a PDF nice. or 30 for a 188-page And is it from Kickstarter? It is from Kickstarter, this one, yes. Okay. See, I'm changing my question yeah. slightly just to confuse and annoy Russ. <laughs> uh, but you did not confuse or annoy me. Okay, no, how many... You're ahead of the, game. the most Fair important Fair question Fair I have, though, is how many points do I get for that? I think uh, 3,241. Nice. Nice. Now we'll start off the greatest challenge of the game, which is Russ will have to remember from now until the end of this game. <laughs> He's writing that? it down. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to write on. <laughs> oh, three, two, more one. There we go. Use use a calculator like everyone else or notepad. <laughs> anyway, Peter, yes. it's your turn. It is my turn. Okay. What what is? Airlock. Mm. Um I think it might be an expansion. Or Mothership, or oh, it's not Dead Space, it's that new game that's come out quite recently, which is uh, Horror in Space. I'm having a lot of difficulty telling apart my sci-fi horror games, because due to a sad lack of playing, I, I, I'm not as familiar with all of them as I could be. And I think it's like, uh, yeah, it's uh, like a setting book with extra rules and interesting stuff, like, who are those people who did a Xenos Station? Something, something to do with that, yeah. And yeah, just a splat book with all sorts of interesting uh, sci-fi horror stuff within. So you picked three different games there in that um, in that little answer. So you're going to pick one of the three that you mentioned. Oh, I think that means one of them is correct. It could be that much. One of them is correct. <gasps> yeah, okay. I'm not going to tell you which. Well, it's definitely not Mothership. Um, uh, that leaves me with no Motherlands. Is what I'm thinking of. Damn. So maybe it's Mothership. Oh, um, yeah, we'll save the ship. Why not? Wow. That is what we like to call correct. <laughs> in every sense. So you just well, got 3,242 points. Oh, that's fine. What are chances? Because, because you got the uh, system right as well. Ah. So if you're a fan of Mothership. Oh, okay, I was right then. Oh, cool. <laughs> it's quite short. It's only 32 pages. Yeah. 
uh, random tables, colony generator, ID cards, more mm. items to make your uh, sci-fi experience more immersive. So it's sort of a hectic collection of stuff for Mothership. Oh, I love cool. Mothership, so that's really good to know. I really oh, like okay. the system. So the score is currently 3,242 to 3,241. That's pretty close. You should, you should run it for me some time. I'll play. Mothership? Yeah. Yeah, I'd run Mothership, actually. It's not too complex a system, so I wouldn't cry over that. That's fine. Fantastic. Okay. Jess? Yeah. What is The Undying War? Doesn't sound good. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> just an und- mm. undying war. Okay, so undying either makes me feel like it's a very long slog or there are undead things in it. And undead things in it sounds more exciting for a role-playing game, so I'm going to lean in that direction. So uh, I think you are going to play heroes in some sort of war where a lich or whatever flavour of brand you prefer of lich has raised undead things and you're like no that's a bad choice please stop doing that and it's um using fifth edition dungeons and dragons rules because statistics it is indeed a DD fifth edition adventure path awesome adventure um coburg the undying brings war and devastation oh my god a 5e adventure path first to 13th level this is from troll lord games that's like what I said, isn't it? It's got undead stuff in it. Pretty much. I'm just checking. I I'm don't just... know if it's actually a lich, but it's something lich-like. I don't Liches. think. Liches. Let's have a look. I'm just looking for details on Coburg. If Coburg is undead, then you have one. Amazing. Well, Ooh. Peter gets another turn, don't they? So. Yeah. yeah. Pretty, I mean, pretty, there's pretty. everything, there's everything to fight yeah. for. Okay. Um, of Coburg. Okay. Coburg the Undying. It looks... Kind of lich-like in the picture. Great, sold. Woo. Lich confirmed. Let's just say, let's just say Coburg is a lich. I don't know where I. I or oh, that's too that much br- to read. That brand of thing. Yeah, yeah. Something yeah. undead so, and. Yes. So yeah, in that true. case, in that case, Jess, you have got yourself three thousand two hundred forty-two points. Also, amazing. So you have to add that to my other points. How much is that in total? Yeah, which I which I have done in my head. Great. And I'm maintaining the figure accurately in my head. Okay, what is that? Just to yeah. keep me up to I, I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sounds totally legit. <laughs> Will that roll and that leaves, that leaves Peter. Yeah. Okay, are you ready? Hell yeah, hit me. What have you got? What is disjunction? Oh, disjunction. Uh, oh, I know there was a modern kind disjunction which was a spell that did something fairly unpleasant to magical abilities. So if you're calling something disjunction, I guess you're saying that you're unconnecting things, uh, disconnecting them in a fairly abrupt and possibly even explosive fashion. So uh, if I saw the name disjunction, I would hope for a game which is all about parallel realities, multiple timelines, parallel universes, they're all going along quite happily, and then something has smashed them and broken them apart, and then they've all come back together again, and you are people who are moving around trying to deal with the aftermath and the aftershock of uh, such a terrifying and awful thing happening. It is not that. Hmm, fair enough. Oh. What this is, it? is a dark science fiction scenario. Oh. For the Shadows Over Soul RPG, mm-hmm. 
action horror. Yeah. All the artwork looks very Blade Runner-esque because it's got kind of like mm. these uh, rain-soaked neon streets. It's oh. uh, a dystopic glimpse of Earth. Mm. Is what that is. And Shadows Over Soul obviously is a science fiction RPG which has been around for a while. Uh, I've heard which of I've it. Never, I've never played it before, but I've heard good things about it. Yes. Um, it's kind of like a horror science fiction. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, I just looked at this junction. Apparently, it's a lack of correspondence or consistency, uh, or the relation of two distinct alternatives. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure how the name ties into the adventure. Um, <laughs> here we go. Uh, the culture has shattered into myriad subcultures. Hmm. Nation states are the hollow shells of what they once were. Hmm. Corporations and other groups wage small scale wars in the streets or in space. So it sounds like it's the disjunction of society, I guess, is the, uh, is the meaning there. Ah, oh, fair enough then. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to have to give you less than 3,242 points there. Yes, sir. Which means that the winner of our favourite game in all the world this week is Jess. Congratulations. What a time to be alive. I can tell how pleased you are, and I'm very glad you won't be texting me solidly for the next 24 hours, telling me about how sad you were not to play the Kickstarter game. I know. I might find something else to be sad about, though, so I may still text you. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, so Peter, I was uh, I was walking down the road the other day, and uh, I saw this bunch of really cool, good-looking people. Cool. Good-looking. That could only be our patrons. Yep. Man, I have never seen such a well-informed debonair bunch in all my life. Yeah, right. You know, why is that? I don't know. You tell me. Well, if I was forced to speculate, I guess it's because they listen to our top secret, super exclusive bonus episode every week. Bonus episode? What? Yeah. Each week, our patrons get an extra half hour or even more of extra content that nobody else gets to hear. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Where can they find this? Oh, it's pretty simple. You just head over to patreon.com slash Morris and pledge a monthly donation. Anything from a dollar to whatever you think we're worth. Huh, I did a, uh, a scientific calculation once just to see how much we're worth. Oh, yeah. How much? Uh, you probably don't want to know. Probably for the best. Anyway, if you, if you enjoy our podcast, please head on over to patreon.com slash Morris and, you know, just pledge a little. That's patreon.com slash Morris. And thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this without you. I reckon we could. Shh. Let's use this time to perhaps discuss the topic at hand. What? Which is million dollar Kickstarters. Inspired by the recent Blade Run RPG Kickstarter, which just kicked over a million with 20 days yeah. left. So there have been three million dollar Kickstarters just in the last three weeks or so. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Um, So we had um, Matt Colville's um, Flea Mortals, the MCDM monster book for 5e, which did two million dollars. What does MCDM stand for? Matt Colville, DM. Uh Uh, The Old Gods of Appalachia role-playing game, which finishes Mm. imminently from Monty Cook Games. Which yep. looks like it's going to hit two million. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, launched this week, we have Blade Runner, the role-playing game, which yes. hit a million on the second day. Yeah, and is from Free League. Um, their yes. second million-dollar campaign, the last one being the One Ring, which yes. it did last year, which made two million dollars. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I remember when the first million dollar Kickstarter, tabletop RPG Kickstarter happened, and that was in 2016, and that was John Wick's 7th C 2nd edition. Mm-hmm. It took the whole month to get to the million dollars. It made did 1.3 or something in the end. And everyone was staring at it going, this is ridiculous. This can't possibly make a million dollars. A Kickstarter is going to make a million dollars. That's amazing. And it was like a massive event. Yeah. Like John Wick making a million, the first person ever to make a million dollars tabletop RPG Kickstarter. It was phenomenal. Now that basically happens more than once a month. Mm. That happens all the time now. So in the first 12 years or so, it happened like four times ever. Do you think that's because? Is that because just like tabletop RPGs are becoming more popular, so there's a bigger audience for it? Or is it because so people this, are more familiar with Kickstarter? Yeah, so I think it's a combination of things. One, yes, the market's growing. Two, mm-hmm. people are better at running Kickstarters, promoting them, pre-promoting them. Yeah, that's true. All that stuff. Yeah. They know how to do that better. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah, um, three, people are much more willing to buy things off Kickstarter now to back things. Mm-hmm. They've probably backed things before. They already have an account. They know yeah. how things work. Um, so the Kickstarter snowball itself you know, gathers pace and gets bigger and bigger, and that contributes to it as well. So now we've got to the point we've had three million dollar campaigns, possibly two million dollar campaigns, just in the last month. Yeah. Whereas previously, a twelve years would go by or whatever. It wasn't twelve years, but no, it's like, it was uh, been a serious amount of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, so here we go. So uh, twelve years since Kickstarter's creation in two thousand and nine until the start of two thousand and twelve, uh, twenty one. Sorry. Mm-hmm. There were four tabletop RPG projects in total, which beat the one million mark. So it was one every three years, roughly on average. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting three a month. Mm-hmm. So it's a massive, massive increase in that. Yeah. Also, I think the pandemic maybe contributed to that. Mm. In what way? A little bit. Um, well, the whole RPG industry kind of got a bit of a boon during the pandemic, yeah. especially. Mm those with online elements to it mm. because yeah. role-playing is a, is a is a hobby that's very, very easy to play online. Mm. Yeah. Compared to some other hobbies, you know, you can't play football online. You can't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. All games so, are much more difficult. And yeah. I suppose it's an excuse <laughs> yeah. to socialise with a group of people online, which is what people were looking for things to do. Yeah, yeah. So any, yeah, any exactly, so many yeah. family-themed quizzes you can do. <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> yeah. So I've got some stats here, okay? Yeah. Excellent. So, so far, there have been 18 Kickstarters yeah. that have done a million dollars or more in the tabletop RPG category. Mm. In total ever, there have been 18. Yeah. Uh, most of those happened in the last year or two. Mm. Nearly all of them did. Mm. But there's been 18 in total. Yeah. So, the first one, as we know, was John Wick in 2016, 7th C, 2nd edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big event. It seems such a long time ago now and doesn't seem quite as amazing now <laughs> because of the context yeah. you know but at the time it was yeah. phenomenal it was yeah. like this is the biggest thing ever yeah it was amazing the first break two million ever was in 2018 and that was mm. matt colville's strongholds and streaming yeah uh the biggest one ever as we probably i'm sure you can guess what the biggest one ever was can we keep it pets for your last year's avatar games? legends yes yes can we keep it pets for- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Avatar Legends. Yeah, yeah. what they do they did yeah. like 10 didn't they just under 10 yeah goodness yeah yeah um the first to break a million on its first day mm-hmm. and so far the only to break a million on its first day mm-hmm. is avatar legends 
One did come close. Do you remember the Tenaris RPG in October last year that gave away a great big gold dragon oh. on the first day? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that almost did it. They did 993,000 in their first day. So it came close. Wow. All pushed by that big gold dragon because mm. on the second day and onwards, support plummeted for that one. And yeah. it kind of trickled on after that. Their first right. day, 933,000 on that first so day. So was it everyone yeah. that was planning to back it did it on the first day? Yeah, yes, so. yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I've, you know, I've, I've got some feelings about sort of early bird rewards. Yeah. I don't Would you like ever. to discuss them? <laughs> this is, this might be the time. <laughs> so I'll discuss them from two points of view. Yeah. From, mm-hmm. from the point of view of a creator and the point of view of a, bar, of a backer. Yeah. Point yeah. of view of a backer. If I go to a Kickstarter and mm. I see I've missed the early, and I can only talk about my own feelings here, yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, if I see that I've missed an early bird reward, mm. I'm less likely to back that Kickstarter. Because mm. you feel slighted. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Mm. Not slighted, but it's kind of like, I feel like, I'm, yeah. And it's not necessarily logical. Um, and it's not 100% all the time. I'm not saying that I will not back a Kickstarter or I've done <laughs> that. But I think if I'm likely to not back it, that will contribute towards that. Mm-hmm. So it has an, it definitely has an effect on me. Whether mm-hmm. it does on anyone else, I don't know, but it does on me. Yeah. And I would say that it's unlikely that I'm unique in the world, much as I like to think I am. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. uh, presumably that will apply to other people too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So from a backer point of view, I'm not keen on early bird rewards at all. It might not, it might not just fit my wallet at the time. It might not fit my scheduling. It yeah. might not, I might not have seen it in time. You know, mm-hmm. a million reasons why I didn't back it on the first day. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and if I feel I'm not getting yeah. as good a deal as some other people, yeah. then I don't know, it's not necessarily logical. I get what, but, I get what you mean, because I feel like backing a Kickstarter is like the, the lo- over the life of a product is like mm. the backing on the first day, because you are doing the first wave of things to get it launched mm. and make it in the world, because like a lot of books, the Kickstarter is used to make the first print run, which goes to the Kickstarter yeah. backers, and then it's available mm-hmm you know, for retail afterwards. So other people are eventually mm. going to get it. But mm-hmm. it's, so I feel like regardless of when you back the Kickstarter, you should have some sort of reward for choosing to back the Kickstarter and not, yeah. not going, oh, yeah. I'll wait till it's at mm. my shop. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, so as a backer, that's my feelings. As a yeah. creator, if I look at the stats of Kickstarters that have these sort of rewards, mm-hmm. especially, I mean, Tenaris is like the one that really, really, it's exaggerated because yeah. it was such a, it was such a, it was a high value mm. free reward for backing on the first day and it's mm. so very 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 clearly shoved all of their backers yes. into the first day and yeah. then trickled right off after that yeah. mm-hmm. and so i don't know how much it benefits you i guess it, it gives so, you good buzz on the first day i guess yeah, yeah. it feels like a disincentive really because like if you're like oh i yeah. I think it just right. shifts the pattern more mm. than it generates. I yeah. mean, it probably it does generate a bit of I was, I was about extra buzz on that day, yeah. and that probably makes for more backers. But mm. I think when a campaign's got lots of backers on and you approach it, I think it makes someone more likely to back it because oh, absolutely, you know. Yeah. So I think That's the fear of missing yeah, yeah. So if I, a lot of people like it, I should. So like I think it, yeah. a lot yeah. of the trickle that comes afterwards are people that perhaps wouldn't have gone to back it, mm-hmm. uh, and also maybe it means it scoops up people that we're going to back it, but they might have forgotten. Because I know some Kickstarter campaigns I've looked at, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll definitely back that. And then when I get around mm. to do it, it's already finished because I, you mm. know. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's happened to me. Yeah, yeah. I think that's happened to yeah. everyone. But um, yeah, so I guess it, it kind of does that. I just... Mm-hmm. What do you think about, instead of first day rewards then, if people do limited, like for the first 
500 backers it's like limited it's the same, thing. Same, it's the same thing. thing in my mind yeah yeah mm. and also it's a different way of phrasing the exact same thing yeah uh, uh, that's a massive massively off-putting for me because often most kickstarters pretty much are in america so they launch on american time so if i'm not there looking at it then by the time i found out about it it's all gone yeah mm. and like you know if it's not too much of a deal it's like it's if it's like a really steep discount for the early bird mm. no like, okay fair enough and if i still think it's reasonable priced i will back it yeah but i will be disappointed that i did not get the mm. early bird deal yeah yeah yeah. And like I say, that feeling isn't necessarily logical. No, no. Uh, but yeah. it is there. Oh, yeah. It's there. 100%, I can't, yeah. you know, I can't deny I feel that way when mm-hmm. I, when I see I've missed out on a first day or early bird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the only exception for limited, um, rewards are if it's, if you're getting a thing or like they're like, if you back this, you'll get to name a character or stuff. Cause there is a limit to how many of those you can do. Yeah. Or if you're getting some sort of experience, like they say, you'll get to be in, uh, We'll run a session with the creator. Will be your GM. Because that's see, I have, yeah. I have, I have feelings about these. You get to contribute to the book rewards as well. Oh really? Because mm-hmm. I like them. I think shouldn't it's nice. Be, shouldn't you? Shouldn't you be paying them at that point? Well, yeah. no, no. Well, <laughs> when, you get to do work. Yeah, when I say free. contribute, it's normally like we'll yeah. name a character. You can choose what to name yeah. the character. So that's not. Yeah, but you do. Yeah. You do or get something like concept. work with the author to create an adventure or something. That's yeah. more I, like I, an internship. I would, yeah, I, I would understand that to be like you basically say this is what I want it to look like, and then the mm. the designers would you think of it more like it. a commission? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. yeah I, I I mean, certainly if it's like okay, well, this is what I'd like. Great. So if you get on with the writing, then I'll start. Yeah. I'll be like, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not what I agree to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've got some more stats. Yeah. Fantastic mm. stats. So. This is, this is interesting. So if you're going to hit a million dollars, you almost certainly have to have physical merchandise add-ons. Right. Of the 18 yeah. Kickstarters that have made a million dollars, only one mm-hmm. has done it without having like minis or dice or shirts or t-shirts or pins or huh. dice bags or hats or, or any of that stuff. Only mm. one has ever done it. And that was Coyote and Crow, the role-playing game, in 2021. Mm. The only one that's done it without having all that physical merchandise Mm, mm, add-ons. I've made a joke before on this show that these Kickstarters tend to be merchandise Kickstarters with an added RPG book. That's fair. It's an exaggeration. It is an exaggeration. It's a joke. But there is an element of truth to it. If you want to make a million dollars, you probably need to have that stuff in there. You've got on this chart the average pledge level. And they're all yeah, like yeah. above seventy dollars, which I yeah. think most Ooh. books aren't aren't by themselves like seventy dollars. Yeah, I mean, some I mean, might actual, be, but you know. Yeah, the actual average pledge was about a hundred. If you add them all up and divide them by the number of pledges, it's about a hundred dollars. Yeah. and you're not going to get a hundred dollar pledge. Well, I suppose you could from a single single book, but it's unlikely. Yeah, like a hundred dollars, you're oh, expecting you do need that other material to push that pledge. A couple of books up. and some yeah. fun uh, shinies. I mean, Hundred dollars for a book, but that's sort of like I'm it's expecting the book to run itself at that point. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> that's so, that's what, that's what, yeah. So that's what this physical merchandising does. It pushes up the average yeah, pleasure yeah. level, and yeah. you need that average pleasure level to be up in a hundred dollar mm. kind of area. Mm, if mm. you can, if you can either start thinking about doing a million dollar Kickstarter, yeah. the average pleasure level, like our current one, which is can we keep it? Yeah. The average pleasure levels, well, you, you can oh, either buy a, a seven a seven pound PDF. Mm. Hmm. Or a twenty pound book, 
So the average pledge level is sort of in between those two figures. Yeah. Nowhere near. Actually, it's a bit higher because there's some bundle packages you can pick. Yeah. But yeah. the point is, it's nowhere near $100. Oh, there's yeah. no chance that Kickstarter could do a million dollars. That's... Yeah. Why did you just well, destroy my spirit like that? We've got three days <laughs> left. That's, 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 that's so demotivating. <laughs> oh, I think you're doing yeah. incredibly well. Yeah, you don't yes. pay attention to him. <laughs> no, but, but, you know what I mean? Though? That's the nature of the product and the, and the value of the yeah, product. Like it's, it's, it's a seven pound product. It's like, yeah, it's like so, $28 yeah. is the average pledge on, on that one. Yeah, because, so that's not... Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty good um, considering the book is, is you know, like yeah. 20 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. So, more, more, more stats. So, um, the most entries on the chart, the person who, or the creator, who right. has the uh, most million-dollar campaigns ever is Matt Colville. Mm-hmm. That's three, and two of them have been over two million. Nice. So, he did a Stronghold Streamings, which was in 2018, mm-hmm. which did 2.1 million. Yeah. He did uh, Kingdoms, Warfare, and more minis. Notice these will have miniatures with them as mm-hmm. well. Did 1.3 million. Yeah. And then the one that just finished, Free Mortals, the monster book, yeah. did two million again. Yeah, yeah. And that that's going to be has I, I mean I did have a look at that one actually, I was quite intrigued, but it mm. seemed to be it's going to be released piecemeal so you can play test it and send info back over the next twelve months or something, and that I don't know. Yeah, it's it's coming out in a year's time or so, yeah. 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 And the, I because yeah. the because they're, they're just testing out, back, they're sending out batches of monsters for people to play with and test. Uh, yeah, something like that. I'm not 100% sure. I... Yeah, sure. I mean, that, that sounds pretty good, but I, I have been spoiled by the Ian publishing model of do the thing, get your stuff. That's, yeah, yeah. That's quite it's, it's, it's different. It's different approaches. Yeah. Isn't yeah, it? yeah it's yeah. different ways of doing things. Um, yeah, I, no, I, I, I suppose it I like, I like doing that because it's off my mind and it's gone. Mm, mm. And I can move on with other projects. It yes. does mean we take the risk on though, because we've done the kind of the the PDF production side of it. Yeah. So we, we, don't, yeah. we don't really take a risk though. We know in advance what's going to happen. <laughs> we, we've, I mean, you know what I mean though. You, we, it's not that much of a risk. Okay. We've, got, we've done enough of these that we've got a good sense. Yeah, and I, I think that's a difference as well. When you're an established creator, you have an audience. Like we, yeah. we have an audience. Yeah. Our mailing list of people that have signed up yeah. is. Several thousand yeah. people. Well, so I didn't expect R1 to do almost a million dollars, but I definitely yeah. expected it to fund and do okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> did I, 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 I did. I did. Yeah, 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 okay, so I have. Well, well, you, you've uh, got to believe in the product you're making, I guess, because otherwise, no. why make it? If you're like, this is terrible, and probably no one's yeah. going to get there it. Is, there is science to it as well, you know. Science? There's, there's ways to do it. You tick all the boxes. You know what you're doing. You know, hmm. you know, you know, you know, you know how it works, yeah. how the machine works, and you get a good idea of what's going to happen. Yeah, I suppose. You, you can be wrong. Re- re- there's, there's reputation as well. Uh, if you've yeah. done a good job of communicating what you want and people know that you are going to be able to deliver what you want, then I think that is pretty good. Mm. Yeah. I guess yeah, and that's good. one that we've built up as like, our quick delivery thing. It's one that we've built up. It's a hard-earned reputation yes. that we've built up over the years. Yeah, because yeah. the first one um, we're was like... quite proud of. It was like $5,000 mm. or something. Is, is there only one person so far who's done three campaigns over a million but that's slightly not quite true because Mm -hmm. there's two other creators that are named on three or more kickstarters this is interesting so ghostfire gaming is an australian company Mm -hmm. um they on their campaigns they do an awful lot of the merchandise stuff they do pins and they do all sorts of Mm -hmm. things so they've they've only had one million dollar campaign of their own they haven't run that many campaigns of their own but they are listed as contributors to two other campaigns Uh 
So do you remember that Seeker's Guide to Twisted Taverns by Elder Mansey? Mm. Oh, was yes, last that was year. running at the same time as the one ring, the non d yeah. version, yeah. So that did 1.6 million. That was associated with Ghostfire Gaming. Yeah. And Dungeons & Drakenheim, by the Dungeon Dudes, mm. also associated with Ghostfire Gaming. Okay. So they're kind of named on three. Yes. Although only one of them's in their, uh, in their name. Same with Hit Point mm-hmm. Press. Mm-hmm. So Hit Point Press did that Fool's Gold into the Bellowing Wilds. Yeah. Did 2.4 million. It's the second highest ever after, after Avatar. Mm-hmm. So that was Hit Point Press. And Hit Point Press also did Humblewood, which did 1 million back in 2019. Oh, yes, yes. The, that was the RPG for the Humblewood uh, board game, if I recall correctly. Uh, I can't remember or was if it was a board game or not, but it was yeah. about animals, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah. It was the RPG for board game, yeah. 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 Uh, and, but they're also named on Heliana's Guide to Monster Hunting, which is from Loot Tavern mm. in 2021 last year, which is yeah. 1.8 million. Ooh. So that's two, that's two companies there that are named on three different campaigns each. Mm. So I don't know how involved they are with them. All I know is they're listed as contributors and those campaigns yeah. tend to ha- have similar collections of, you know, accessories yeah. with them, leading me to think that, yeah. you know, yeah. Well, I suppose working the, together. Yeah, so that's, that's interesting. I guess that their involvement is going to be the raising of the average value of the pledges by having all mm. these add-ons that you can buy. Yeah, and also advertising. Like, um, so, are we okay to talk about backer kit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, I did just want to say that before we get onto that, mm. because you're talking about raising the value of the average pledges with the merchandise and stuff. Mm. Yeah, I don't have any insight whatsoever into what the profit margins on that stuff is. Mm. I, I honestly have no idea. I've never done it before. Mm. Um, Jess, you might know better than I do because you've worked with board games before. Yeah, I, manufacturing. I don't know whether. Yeah, well, I don't know whether I'd advise someone to do it or not. You know, it, man, yeah, it's with manufacturing. Quite early on, you reach a tipping point where the cost per unit is so cheap that you're getting a really good margin. But the setup mm-hmm. cost for a lot of things, it, especially if you're doing something custom, like if say you have custom dice or something. Um, yeah. To set mm-hmm. up the custom molds for that can be like can be thousands, depending on what you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously, if you've only got a hundred or so backers, that's really expensive. But if yeah. you've got like some of these that have like sixteen thousand or nine thousand backers, yeah, that's going to be yeah. so cheap. There's going to be pence by the end of it per per unit. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a gamble. You're gambling on having a large, you know, yotes on on that scale of economy. But it depends. It depends what you're getting because I'm sure there's. Yeah certain products that will be cheap where you could do print on demand at a set cost like if you did t-shirts yeah. or bags and stuff then you know because like you know how you will use drive through rpg for print on demand there's loads of companies mm. that do that for cups and t-shirts and stuff so you could just go for that yeah, but they're not cheap though no but that does mean you demand. could set your price yeah. at that level and say, well, if we and only get a few better, hundred, we'll do that. Crazy, and if it, yeah. yeah. And if, and then, yeah. so then you can work out what that tipping point is. Like usually mm. about a thousand units for manufacturing is yeah. you're looking at doing that at least if you want to get a reasonable yeah. thing. There's, a, there's another side to it, which is the logistical side of it. If you're running oh, a Kickstarter, yes. which has sort of seven or eight different merchandising items on there, each made by a different company yeah. coming from a different place in the world, which you've got to get made and shipped mm-hmm. to your warehouse yeah. and then packaged together. Yeah. You're adding a logistics burden to yourself yeah. and yeah. a cost to yourself. And, yeah. As a person whose job it is to do the fulfillment and logistics side of things at the other end, it just makes me... That would make me so anxious. Yeah, <laughs> I went, yeah, yeah, I went yeah. to a campaign where we had 
manufactured like five different gay board games uh, at the same mm-hmm. time and were shipping them together. Yeek. And that was enough of a nightmare. And they were all being oh, printed no. by the same manufacturer. Yeah, mm. yeah. So in but theory, that should be... you to get all the right boxes, right places, but it, my days, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a whole yeah. thing. Um, and so I imagine working with different manufacturers, like you say, different places in the world, and imagine just one thing is delayed for whatever mm. reason, which can happen. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got to wait because you're going to want to... Are you going to ship it separately? Are you going to ship it together? It's just like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we've got that exact same situation and we're just doing books where we're sending oh, yeah. out... The Zeitgeist book separately, yeah. mm. which just just increase the shipping costs because you're sending out two packages rather than Indeed, one. Yeah. And when you're when you're doing it to a lot of people, those bills get big. Mm. Yeah, mm. I, I sent you the bill for North America just this week, which you were delighted by. Yeah, I was extremely delighted by it. It was the fa- my favourite thing you've ever sent me, Jess. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> Please send me more giant bills. For shipping. No, no, don't no. worry, I will. We're not done with shipping the Zeitgeist. <laughs> Yeah. <sighs> Good lord. Right. Um, so, yeah, um, you, were, you were saying about Beckett a second ago. Yes, yes, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Because I, because as I recall, it was, um, it was getting towards the end of the Kickstarter and they were making you a devil's bargain. It felt mm-hmm. like I used that in the fullest blades in the dark sense. They're like, oh, just give us a little bit more money and, uh, yeah, we'll do even more ads for you. Uh, no, I mean, from our point of view, we, we level up and that's the only one I've used Bucket Kids ad services for. Mm-hmm. That was from day one. Yeah. That was arranged beforehand. Yeah. And the, what, what I would say about Bucket Kids ad services, they're not going to transform your campaign. They're just going to boost it a bit. Mm-hmm. You're going to get an extra 10% maybe. You're not mm-hmm. going to double okay. it or triple it. Don't, you know, never expect that to happen. Yeah. No. Um, but it will, you'll get, you'll get a bit of a boost with it. And there's no reason not to do it because no. you make more than you spend. So mm, this, mm. You know, it makes sense to do it. Yeah. Um, but it's not going to, it's not going to be transformative in any way. No, no. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the, our, from our point of view, our, the most useful tool that Backer Kit has is its Backer Kit launch service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now what that does is it doesn't do anything you can't do yourself for a start. No. It's just a convenient automation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, what it does is it emails every, you import all your Kickstarter projects into it. So yeah. it only has an effect when you've got a few there. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, don't worry about it. But once you've got a few there, then it starts being important. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you sort of now, you've, it now imports them on and goes, right, in total, you've got, you know, 10,000 backers of all of your projects over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. What we're going to do is we're going to notify every one of those 10,000 people right. that your project has launched. And then you can use it to send reminders and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So basically, it's not something you can't do yourself. You literally can do that yourself mm-hmm. manually. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. But it's just convenient and easy and, and cheap. And the benefit of it mm-hmm. is so, Becca Kit will also track what the response rate was to that and how many people, put, you know, pledged as a result of that email and mm. then it knows again you can do that yourself yeah, as well just by putting uh, but it's useful but it's and then when you easy, send reminder yeah. emails it doesn't send it to the people that have already backed because obviously that would be annoying yeah. if you've already backed the campaign and mm, someone's yeah. like back it you're like i did rude mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway maybe just my attitude yeah 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 but yeah so that's that's, that's a useful tool for especially at the beginning mm. to make sure everybody knows about it um you, you can send a coming soon email you can send a we just launched email yeah. you can send a halfway reminder email mm. and you can basically send out we're about to end email mm-hmm. and so that's that's a useful tool it's worth doing it costs 99 dollars per campaign mm. but if you've got a few thousand backers it's worth doing yeah absolutely yeah okay 
Um, yeah, just looking at this list of 18 of them, and there's, uh, there was another one coming up soon that wasn't sure whether it would or not, and I can't remember what it is now. Uh, oh, it was another one by Ghostwire Gaming, that's what it was. It was a, a, a Aurora campaign setting or something? I can't remember what it was called. It's coming mm. sometime this month. I don't know when exactly. I've seen ads on Facebook for it. Oh, hmm. I went and muted a load of Facebook ads because I got quite annoyed because every time I've logged into Facebook, it's been... Well, we're not going to tell you anything about what your friends posted, but here's a pile of ads. Mm. I'm like, no, thank you. Yeah, social media is such fun. Yeah. Yeah. But the only reason I thought that might do it is because of their history being behind three campaigns that, mm. that have done it. So mm. if they they know how to market. Is they've got they've got a good marketing sort of strategy, mm. which seems okay. to work very well. Plus, they do all the merchandising add-ons and the pins and the t-shirts and the dice bags and the miniatures and all that stuff that pushes those pestilence levels up. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, just looking at this list. So I, I, I also checked which ones were D and D related. Um, and that's quite interesting because let's have a look how many of them were of the 18. Yeah. Only six are not D and D campaigns. So 12 of them were D&D. Right. So uh, Blade Runner, Avatar, Creator and Crow, The One Ring, John Wick. Yeah. And you, and one more, which I can't remember. If I, oh, Gods of Appalachia. Gods of Appalachia. Which wow. is um, Cypher System. There you go. Wow. So uh, everything else is D&D related. Yeah. Oh, Mothership. Mothership's not here. Mothership? Yeah. Mothership, Mothership did no. it as well, yeah. Okay. Without miniatures, only seven of them have done it without miniatures. So of those 18, 11 of them offered miniatures. Mm. Miniatures, mm. I'm guessing, are definitely very attractive. Yeah. yeah. I think they're, I think that's probably the single best item that if you can, if you can work out the production, get the costs right. Yeah. Make sure you can fulfill it on time. Mm. I think that's the single best item that you can put on there yeah. to yeah. make sure you're kickstarted there as well. Are loads of good manufacturers that make really nice minis now, but you have mm. to be looking at 1,500 or 2,000 units. Mm. Yeah. 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 And that's not each mini, that's of the, of like the line. Of the set. Of the set, yeah. yeah. yeah so per yeah, yeah. style of mini. So you've got about yeah. 60 yeah. odd minis, you need 2,000 per. Yeah. At least, yeah, yeah. To make it cost um, worthwhile. Uh, and that mm. is really that really starts being the sort case of ooh there are some minis with a with some sort of some sort of game attached. That's not. Mm. So I might look at the game, but look at the minis. I know oh, someone so shiny. that bought a board game with hundreds of minis in, and they're never going to play the board game. They just were like those minis would be perfect in this game I'm doing. Totally what I've done. I bought the Alien yeah. board game. Well, I do actually want to play the Alien board oh, game. Okay. Though, to be fair, yeah. But I bought the Alien board game and asked for all of the minis. Mm. Nice. So I've got all the aliens and the Colonial Marines and things yeah. and the little turret guns. Just for any science fiction gaming, I'm going to be you using those minis. You're not alone. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I'm sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wizards of the Coast has been a fine source of uh, minis for. <laughs> Yeah, well, I've mentioned before they're Star Wars minis mm. from like 10 years ago or whatever, but there's so many of them and you get them so cheaply now. Yeah. You go to UK Games Expo, there's a stand there, and I can't remember which company it is that just sells buckets of, they've got buckets of minis. Yes. Oh, I can't and they, they usually have like two or three buckets of Star Wars RPG minis. I usually buy a couple of handfuls 
Fair enough. You know, a Star Wars RPG minis just while I'm there. I just look for ones I haven't got or ones that are interesting. I try and buy the ones that aren't so obviously Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like Stormtroopers, I don't usually buy because, you know, I want to use them for generic sci fi gaming. Yeah, I know, but I do like having lots of Star Wars. I've got some Stormtroopers. You know, I don't yeah. need more. So I buy the ones that yeah, I could use for, you know, whatever. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I try. I think what else we could talk about on the subject of million dollar kickstarters. I don't really know. Yeah. My only advice is say for people that were looking to have extra stuff, because we we're saying about yeah. the scales of economy, adding them as a stretch goal is why people do it that way. Because you know that if you get extra, so like if you wanted to do custom dice, you can just add that as a stretch goal because then you know yeah. you'll have enough yeah. backers to do the that. The problem is though, you kind of run into one of those things where you get a stretch goal which just unlocks something to buy, which some people aren't mm-hmm. keen on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, people think if you unlock a stretch goal, you should get that thing, not you should have the opportunity to buy that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't apply to yeah. everybody. It doesn't bother me in the slightest, but I just have seen grumblings about it. If it was an add-on, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. but I, I fall firmly into that camp. I would mm. feel pretty, pretty knocked if, like, the stretch goal was, oh, great, so I can give you more money. Sure. How about that? Well, my, my bugbear is the ones where you just buy a coupon from drive Through RPG and then you have to still go and buy it again. Because mm. I want my Kickstarter to be fire and forget. I want to back it, and that's it. I'm done. And it's going to arrive in, through my door, yeah. like, in three months or five months or whatever. When when the Kickstarter ends and they go, now you have to go and click on this thing and go and buy it again, I'm like, oh, I might as well have just waited and bought it then. Uh-huh. So, so I won't be looking to you for support for my next Kickstarter. <laughs> Is that what you do? Yes. <laughs> because okay. I, I, I don't have a distribution warehouse that have a hookup. And also, I have no idea how many books I will sell. Um, I'm hoping to sell books some. Why don't you just do it on Drive to RPG? You just get a spreadsheet of all the people who backed yeah. your Kickstarter. You upload it. Yeah. Drive to RPG's got a service set up for this. Okay. You upload it. it, it it's mon- it's mainly And it sends it about to all of them. It, it's the shipping. Right. You just got to make sure that people have paid for shipping. Um, but you include it in the pledge. How? Okay. Well, maybe we can have a chat about that because that would be really good. So you get to, on Drive to RPG, yes. yeah. you, set, you set up a product which is a soft cover book yes then you've got to put in shipping prices for different locations okay or you, or you select either no shipping required for this no. reward or shipping required and then you write um eu five dollars yeah yeah US or whatever, six, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. well so i could do that on drive for rpg but how about how would i i don't know how to implement that on kickstarter and no, 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 that is, that's, that oh, is on Kickstarter. The drop-down menus, that's what we've done with pets. And then oh. Kickstarter spits out a spreadsheet, and DriveThruRPG will accept a spreadsheet with all that done. You do have to reformat it, though, to which is annoying. Yeah, the reform- I did notice I had to reformat it, and that, yeah. that but, was very yeah. off-putting. It's, yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's easy, but tedious. But it is okay. easy. There's nothing, there's nothing weird about it. It's just <laughs> a slightly tedious job. Well, maybe this is my upgrade that I'm going to try for this Kickstarter. Then, yeah, I will, I will well, try I'll, and make I, that happen. I can talk. I can talk you through that. It's yeah. honestly, yeah. it is easy. It is easy. Well, fair enough. Why not? Then? It's just, there you go. But it, it's just a little bit laborious, but it is easy. Well, well I, if you've only got one book, it's not that bad. It's when it's when oh, because with, as with just, us. It's, you know, <laughs> when you we have the add-ons, yeah, when you've got sixteen, because you can only do the groups for that specific group which is fine if like this pledge level but then people have add-ons and when we have like 15 different books the combination of add-ons people have are entirely unique and you end up with about 30 different groups of and then that's when it's tedious but if you're doing one book oh yeah no worries easy yeah okay 
One book will take you five minutes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, five minutes. <laughs> You'll be done. Oh. It's, it's not yeah. even that, like two minutes. Well, I, I, I technically have two. It's got premium and standard color because I like people oh, okay. to have an option. But yeah, all, all right. right. So it'll take you four minutes and instead of two minutes. Yeah, because then you would just have two <laughs> groups or maybe three. Yeah. So yeah, somebody's bought this one, somebody's bought that one, and group people that have bought both, maybe. Mm-hmm. They are any options there, aren't they? So. Oh, really? Well, there you go. Anyway. Anyway, we can, we can talk about that later. So, so, so I'll, I'll be looking forward to my million-dollar Kickstarter that I'm starting <laughs> with your aid. Oh, so yeah, much. I'm looking forward to it as well. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, when's your start? Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tuesday. How, how long are you running it for? Uh, a full 30 days, because I... Ooh, the big, the big, the big well, one. Well, I, 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 I'm actually of the opinion that people might actually back it now. Um, I didn't think anyone would actually back it previously and i wanted to get my well you were uh, wrong. failure over with quickly oh, i was wrong yes <laughs> um, people are back to it how many pre-launch followers have you got so far? uh a ruining 27 here let me mm. let me bump that oh thank you 28 am i one let's have a look what's it what's it called i need Cra- a crafting personalized feeds there we go you now have 32 followers i do amazing ah. yeah. all these years on the podcast are paying off <laughs> <laughs> you should have my seven dollars. <laughs> so, is there anything left on million dollar Kickstarters to talk about, or are, um, we, are we done? Uh, just that it would be nice if we had one with the unpublishing. Maybe not one of our quick starters, <laughs> but maybe uh, the next level. Well, up. we almost did mm. at the to- at the at the time. Level up was nine hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars. I think it's changed now with the conversion yeah. rate, but mm-hmm. it was nine hundred and fifty thousand. You know, so it's really really yeah. close. Yeah. You know why we didn't quite get that though? Right, because we didn't have a hat. Or, or a I t-shirt. wasn't with the company at that time. Oh, okay. <laughs> didn't, didn't have <laughs> that was the year I was because, away. <laughs> yeah. Because Hudson and Django weren't involved with the marketing. That's very true. Exactly. Yeah. Now that Django yeah. is head of marketing, I think everything will run a lot smoother. <laughs> this year is going to be record year for Ian publishing profits. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we got we got three we got three hardcover Kickstarters coming up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited and stuff like the Dungeon Delvers Guide. Well, that one's coming first. Yes, oh. we've decided. We had our meeting this week, so it's Dungeon Devil's Guide first. Yep. Probably autumn, depends autumn how Autumn 2022, long it takes to just to be vague. But um, mm-hmm. actually, I've got Paul Hughes. Um, we're having a chat about Dungeon Devil's Guide on EM Publishing's monthly live stream, which is on the 19th of May on Thursday. So if you Ooh. do want to chat about that, come along and have a yes. chat with us there. Paul's working on yeah. that right now. Right, I think we're I think we're done then. I think we are done. But we should remind people that next week. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a special week. Next yes. week is yes. our live-streamed episode. What? So it is at 8 p.m. British summertime or 3 p.m. on the east coast of America. If you're in a different location to those two, I'm sure you can work it out yourself. Yes. Uh, we'll be live-streaming on Twitch. The link will be in the show notes. Please come along. There will be free giveaways, but you have to be there to get that. We'll be taking questions. You get to look at our... Lovely, lovely, lovely faces. Mm-hmm. I've got a plant in the background. That's exciting. Yeah, you yeah. do have a plant in the background. You might even meet the dogs of the show. Amazing. The podcast dogs. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Maybe, if you're lucky. What? Maybe not. You can't make this sort of promise for us. <laughs> I could make Django come up here, but he doesn't like being in the office because it's upstairs oh. and he wasn't allowed upstairs in the old house. So he just is worried he's doing something wrong. Well, you will almost certainly meet Hudson. Because Hudson no, doesn't abide by rules. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my by rules. Yeah, yeah. And does not feel I- guilty. <laughs>
apparently I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, that's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. I, I would just like to point out, by the way, the um, 8 p.m. British summer time is in fact... 12 p.m. Pacific. Okay. Uh, Pacific Daylight Time, corrected from PST. Well, okay. well done. So let you're me, welcome. Wait, wait, wait. Let me get you a sticker. I've got some in here somewhere. Oh, thank you. I get a sticker. You're just going to stick it on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know I have some. But Peter, you have to stay really still or the sticker will fall off.